This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. This is Morgan Berry, the voice of 13 from My Hero Academia. You're listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words with no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Now come on. And let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. The come on and let's get it. Talk time. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we are going to clear the air today. We got a great episode for you, uh, especially for you anime fans, in particular, the anime uppity community. Uh, If you don't know what anime uppity is, it's a term that I created to focus on those pretentious fans that think that they know everything about anime and that the purest of anime fans only watch subs we're going to clear the air and we're going to get down to all that today because i have a guest on the show that i will be talking with on our talk topic entitled anime otaku academia and our guest tokyo rose will definitely put everything into perspective about sub versus dub uh certain other cultural aspects as well and we're going to talk it we're going to talk about it all well as much as we possibly can so i am looking forward for you guys to hearing that uh segment as well but we also got some news going on in the world of our favorite fandom so let's not waste any more time let's find out what's new in the world of acmg and now it's time to find out what's new in the world of acmg So has anybody noticed what Netflix has been doing lately? They have been busting their ass trying to get new content for the streaming network and competing with HBO Max. Honestly, right now, I don't think there's any real competition. Like Netflix is, I mean, really the real HBO to me right now. I haven't found a real reason to go to HBO Max. And it looks like they're just showing the same stuff that Netflix is showing right now with their own content. Now, I will possibly end up 
subscribing when they have the uh, Snyder cut of Justice League in there just to see that. So I will probably invest in a month for that, see how that goes. But other than that, I haven't felt a real reason to want to, you know, invest in HBO Max. But Netflix has been really doing it. A lot of new projects coming up, some new movies coming out. Um, Transformers War on Cybertron is coming, I believe, next week. So if that is the case, we will be reviewing that for next week's show bar none that i'm like me as a huge transformers fan i'm not missing that for the world i can't wait this is awesome for them but i digress the latest movie that is coming out really piqued my interest here and that is uh project power starring jamie fox and joseph uh joseph gordon lovett two really good actors that i really uh enjoy watching on uh and on screen and um this is an action-packed movie that tells the story of a widespread drug that gives people's power for like five minutes can you imagine that that's in like well i could honestly with everything going on today i can imagine a lot but who knows i mean what the future holds for that but this is incredible uh i watched a trailer to this and it is awesome so you got an ex-soldier a teen and a cop collide in new orleans as they hunt down for the source behind the dangerous drug and this drug is like incredible because it's it matches to your DNA, but it, it ignites a certain type of energy that allows people to have particular powers. And it's random. So, like, you don't know what type of power you're going to have when taking it. And it could be anything. Now, there was somebody that actually went up in flames like human, the Human Torch in this thing. Uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph Gordon Lovett actually uh, took it, and he was impervious to bullets. So, uh, it... it this is this is a very interesting and original movie concept i might ask um unless i haven't heard of this in as any comic book so i could be wrong but if that's the case i'm praying that this is an original movie because that's the one thing and i love my comic book movies i love them i will never replace them for anything but every once in a while it is great to have an original concept on here so i if i'm wrong forgive me but i haven't as far as i know this isn't based on any comic book of any kind so that is the awesome part right there um we also have here hold on let me check just to make sure because i am (laughs) i don't want to be proven wrong here but everything seems to be based on something so let me look here see american superhero films nope nope i was right so this is an original film thank goodness that uh is coming out soon for netflix and um it also stars dominic uh dominique fishback who plays in the series uh she's known for a series uh like the deuce and random acts of flyness um this is possibly the biggest role that she's had with such an exclusive casting here and this is awesome and what i love about it is that she is a female of color but not like uh a, a you know i love my light-skinned people but like they you know they systemically try to or systematically try to you know put lighter skin yeah um people of color on there she is a natural beautiful um darker skin actress and i love that they're bringing more representation i got a feeling jamie fox had a lot to do with that casting too or whoever was in charge of that but i'm pretty sure jamie you know with everything going on jamie had to had to put some pull on that um but it looks great it looks really action-packed i don't think it's going to be like an award winner or anything but i think it's going to be a very fun movie um don't know when it's coming out i didn't really look to see that but i just when the minute i saw it i just hit remind me (laughs) so down the line i will be reviewing this as well um 
she does look like to be a surprise standout in the film and i like that because i like when they get new uh people that we haven't seen before and this is why i always love like when they do when they actually do superhero movies don't always get the top person like if you, if the person is right for the role that's awesome but don't get them because they were they are like the hottest thing ever and they could draw more viewers and stuff like it because that kind of is like cheap heat um which is a wrestling term i know but um it, it, it's it's a cheap way to gain more people in but it doesn't do the job if they're not right for the part like and we we're gonna it's always gonna go back to the holly berry storm thing um and to some extent the jennifer lawrence uh mystique thing uh, it's not that jennifer lawrence was bad at the role i just think the direction of the role was bad is that they made her the main attraction to the show but she played a villain a murdering villain that was a hero like no even in the rare comic books mystique was not a hero she was a she wasn't even an anti-hero she was a straight bad guy magneto was kind of that but she but he used her regardless to his means he she was a traitor in all aspects she would she didn't have a legion like the mystique on the uh x-men movies that we saw with jennifer lawrence nowhere near the Rebecca Romaine version was a little bit more closer to that than, than the Jennifer Lawrence version. So it, it just, it, it, it always upset me about that. But I like when they get new people that we haven't seen before. I mean, Hugh Jackman at one point was a new person uh, when, he, when he first started at X-Men 2. And that was, as you saw, that was successful. You know, at one point, Harrison Ford, nobody knew about him you know successful you know get start getting new people to get these opportunities because they will i think they will more than likely put in more of the effort because they have a lot to prove you know and this is going to be one of those aspects too so I, i'm really interested in that if you haven't checked it out go on netflix and uh check out the trailer there it, it looks really really uh interesting a great fun movie for the summer so we're going to continue with netflix uh news and the announcement here this is a really, really awesome announcement that they will be working on the series based on Stan Sakai's Osagi Yojimbo comic series. And we first saw, got to see the Samurai Rabbit in the original episodes of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, the Saturday morning cartoon, like the original. Well, I just talked about that on the last episode, um, last week's episode, where I was aiming so hard to go uh get the original episodes and watch it and osagi ojimbo first appeared on air and um i am i am this is awesome this is awesome because i've known about the comic series for a long time I never really read the comic series but i've heard so many great things about it and it's warrant a uh, tv series now on on netflix a cg series at that so it now it's now make, uh, making its way on to netflix uh, you know this is an award-winning comic series and um it was said that stan sakai will be the executive producer for this uh project uh while ben jones uh who worked on batman versus teenage mutant ninja turtles which was really good i did like that uh animated movie uh he also worked on teen titans and the iron giant which is legendary uh will act as supervising uh producer here art director this is going to be important art director is going to be uh, uh kang lee who worked on uh films like big hero six and that sold me right there 
I love Big Hero 6. I love the art direction of Big Hero 6. Even the, the recent series as well is uh, really good, but the movie was outstanding. So the fact that this is going to be a CG animated series and it's going to be looked over and uh, handled by him. Uh, he's also worked on Little Big Awesome as well. Um, he's going to be creating the visuals and character design. So I'm in. <laughs> I am more than in. Hopefully they will. I, I got a feeling this is going to be a... Um, 2021 release hopefully uh considering all things considered with everything going on but you know studios are at home now so if you i mean these guys are really killing it i mean some some studios have reopened i don't know for how long but we'll see but um we will see because you know we you know if you listen to the naruto panel a lot of those guys are working at home doing gigs at home steve bloom is actually not only working at home and doing working in his closet his closet studio if you if you heard but if you saw the actual video version of it which is available on the acmg facebook group if you go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash acmg1 uh 18 or older with a legit profile uh account and if you go there you'll see that he, he shows a picture of him in motion capture in his closet room while the guy while one of the producers is outside with a board as they're doing motion caption in his house that's how deep this has gotten because of COVID-19 man it's 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 awesome <laughs> they are doing it they're doing their thing out there so yeah it, I mean it's gonna be interesting to see what they do for uh to put this uh series together with everything going on there so last bit of Netflix news this is all all Netflix um segment here Atomic Blonde and Old Guard uh star Charlie uh Theron uh confirmed that a sequel to Atomic Blonde is in the works and will be an exclusive to Netflix. She is starring in The Old Guard, which I heard was really good. I got to check that out as well. Um, this was a talk while uh, talking about the Netflix movie and talked about it uh, during the uh, uh, segment on Total Film, on an interview from Total Film of a forthcoming development with the action-packed spy movie i you know atomic bomb was pretty good i did like it um didn't blow i didn't really blow me away as much as, as much as everybody did like the trailer was awesome but when i watched it it was like all right this is good this is cool i liked it um it wasn't exactly john wick level to me the fight scenes were awesome but it was still i, I think it warrants a sequel definitely i think the sequel could be better but we'll see how this goes again COVID 19 plays a major factor in all this stuff and whenever we get a vaccine plays a major factor in all this so we'll see about that but um i'm looking i i'm looking for it plus it's going on netflix so that means i won't i want to pay anything extra for it so bring it it's on so folks believe it or not that is all the news that i have this week on this segment so we're going to take a break come back and we're going to go on to the anime otaku academia with tokyo rose you're going to absolutely love it and you're going to learn something from it. You will learn, damn it. So we'll do that right after this. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on TalkTimeLive.com. 
TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live. This is Amanda Celine Miller, the voice of Boruto and Sailor Jupiter, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our top topic of the week. Ready? Wait! Folks, we are back with our talk topic of the week, and I get a chance to sit down with somebody that I had the pleasure of meeting on our ACMG Facebook group. She is from Japan, but now lives in the West Coast. She goes by the name of Tokyo Rose, and we get to talk about all things anime, the culture, and the things that people think they know about the genre and art form. So I'm not going to waste any time. Enjoy this segment, and hopefully you will learn something on our show. So without further ado, I give you Tokyo Rose in Anime Otaku Academia. Ladies and gentlemen, in the effort to try to educate the anime community, in particular the anime uppity, I have a special guest on this segment. I have uh, the, uh, a very great friend of mine and a uh, member of the ACMG group who happens to go by the name Tokyo Rose, who is from Japan. Now, by way of uh, the West Coast, Los Angeles, uh, where you where you at in the uh, West Coast right now? Uh, no, like I'm more in San Bernardino area, <laughs> uh, California. One of many places I need to travel instead of going to San Diego for obvious reasons <laughs> this time of the year. But Lady uh, Lady Tokyo is here to educate myself and all the listeners out there right now about the uh, about the anime culture in general. But in particular, some things that we talk about and on social media, many of us who think we know what we're talking about, but obviously don't from a definite ideology and cultural standpoint. And uh, Tokyo is here to, you know, right the wrongs of many, myself included. So, Tokyo Rose, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you. Well, first of all, before we get started, I love the name. And when you uh, approached me with the name... I was uh, I was like, damn, that's a cool name. I love it. But there is some history behind that. And I wanted to uh, give you the opportunity to talk about that a little bit. Oh, so Tokyo Rose. Well, behind that name is basically um, during World War Two, of course, like we had many spies and like America was going at it with Japan. Mm -hmm. And it was like um, assumed that there was one woman who was a spy, like, working with the American government and spilling out information of, like, the Japanese government and Mm -hmm. and emperor secrets and, like, war tactics and whatnot. But it turned out that this one woman was, like, maybe 30 women or more. That's, like, probably not documented. (laughs) Right. Which is pretty clever. It is. It is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I'm well, like, yeah, go girls. <laughs> like, exactly. And this was at the time because a lot of many of you listeners may not know if you haven't read, you know, read your history. You know, um, World War Two was the U.S. and France. Uh, I believe France, too, um, uh, uh, were facing off against Germany during the Nazi area and stuff like that. And then some cases, you know, Japan was, you know, working alongside Germany to some extent as well. 
but with a few different distinctions, this being, you know, the Tokyo Rose project, I guess we could call it, um, which it reminds him, you know, it's so crazy. I don't know if you read um, into it enough, but there was a lot of secret things going on during World War Two that was quite intriguing. They had a they had a TV show here uh, years ago, uh, decades ago called Hogan's Heroes, which, you know, it capitalized on World War Two and everything that was going on and how these guys were able to infiltrate and get and, and have information travel from one place to another. And the Tokyo Rose, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know what to really call her, uh, you know, a militia a mission or whatever or project kind of plays into that as well. It's really it's an awesome thing to uh, read up on. So uh, great choice of uh, name. <laughs> oh, thank you very much. Well, it just sounds like something I would do since I'm rebellious by nature. <laughs> right, right. I want you know it's crazy. I used to like that would make a really cool anime in itself, but I don't know how well you know your country would have be opted to want to do that. <laughs> well, they actually are talk. They've been talking about making a Tokyo Rose movie, but they want to mm-hmm. start like with one woman instead of making it more historically accurate. You uh, know, but so get make it into a superhero. I mean, in other words. Yeah, but you know, like if Hollywood gets a hold of it, who knows? They oh, might be yeah. like, yeah, like, you know, Japan stopping allies with the Nazis because the Nazis took the swastika, which was our Buddhist symbol, and switched it around, you know? How about that? Like, yeah, that's Hollywood. <laughs> that, yeah, that I've, that I've learned too, uh, along the way. It is very interesting. <laughs> Yeah, I know. So people are confused when they come to Japan and see our temples, and they're like, "Oh my God, the swastikas!" And I'm like, "No." <laughs> it's because this angle, it's angled differently too. Am I correct? It's flipped over. Yes. That's all it is. And then it was. It's just you know, Hitler wasn't very original considering he went to art school, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Plagiarism. Yeah. Look, we've seen it many times, especially of recent. So you, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I digress. We're here to talk anime, and you know, just correct, make some corrections, some misconceptions. Uh, I, you know, you hear it all the time on social media and the Facebook groups that you're in, and I'm in, and. You know, I'm so happy to have you here to talk about things thoroughly about this. And let's just get underway. Um, we're going to just start from the top. Um, let's talk sub and dub. What is your view on the sub versus dub debate that you hear all the time? I think it's a pretty, like, meaningless uh, debate. It's very, like, it's talking about, like, apples and oranges, like tomato, potato kind of thing to me. Because uh, yeah. First of all, like, we have to think that sub and dub is, first of all, necessity to some people, like, right. for those who are visually impaired or for those who have, um, who are hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. You're gonna need sub or dub regardless for them, right? Right. And then also, regarding sub and dub, like, you'll hear a lot of sub, like, viewers say, like, oh, like, it's more genuine or something like oh, that, but, God. you know, it, doesn't matter so i have to explain that the translation is gonna never be a hundred percent accurate like even if you're going with sub it doesn't mean like it makes it more genuine or anything like Mm -hmm. i don't even know what they mean by that it's just you're not gonna get like the whole deal as you would when you are a person of the native language like watching the anime right let me let me give you an example real quick i just saw on a uh on a uh anime uh, group, and I think yeah. that was at that point that I just like I'm uh, I'm going <laughs> because they just they they you know which one I'm talking about, but um they constantly post the same thing on there, but one in particular was different. It was like say 
one word in Japanese that you hear on uh, on an anime. And I'm like, this is so pretentious. This is stupid. Yeah, and there's a line of like, you know, Shanae and or, you know, uh, Baka. It's just like the normal cliche things that you hear. Mm-hmm. On a, like in any series or OVA or whatever like that, it's like okay, so you guys, this is the anime uppity lineup right here. Right. And for those right. who don't know, I call anime uppity just exactly what we're talking about right now—the pretentious, you know, fans who believe that they are cultured due to the understand due to the what they believe is the understanding of Japanese and they solely are fans of sub because they feel like they are learning so much more they're more cultured but is like as you as Tokyo Rose just explained that is not the case <laughs> yeah all. anime is its own language like actual i can tell when someone actually learned japanese or they you know probably been to japan is like the way they speak because yeah. anime language is just its own little universe like it's like itself. it's like vaudeville comedy like you have a distinct type of uh, type of comedy that is done in a signature fashion and that's what anime does is that what you're pretty much saying right yeah it's kind of like you know with the south park characters like with that gothy pretentious kid who's like do you understand per se or like having that <laughs> teacher like okay yes like, you exactly know, it's like it's that's anime language already. You get what I or an animation cartoon language, if you know what I mean. And yeah. So like, yeah, like it's not. Uh, I mean, it's nice it's not. To it's not direct. No, people are trying to appreciate the right. culture, but that's not the right way to do it by anime. And correct and, me if I'm wrong too. Um, there are different le- levels in uh, tiers of the Japanese language. There's an elementary style, there's an, a, a female way of uh, speaking and a you know a male way of speaking, and, and just, you know, different layers and levels, correct? Yeah, so, like, just to say me or I, there's, like, maybe, like, eight ways to say it. Right. If, it, if you want to go historical, there's another way to say it, like, if I'm, like, representing, like, an emperor, like, or, like, a lord in right. the Edo period or something, like, it's it's so crazy, like, the different situations to, right. like, use Japanese in. Right. And if you're a man, if you're a woman, if you're a child, or if you're addressing to a boy or a girl, uh, it's just very complicated and a difficult language. Right. But also, like, going back on the whole sub and dub thing, like, not only... Like, the cultural thing doesn't really matter because it's not going to teach you much just when watching anime, you know? You mm-hmm. have to learn more than that. So, right. um, like, also it's a preferential thing. Like, I did bring it up in your, um, in your group yeah. that I'm a member in about how, um, like, me personally, of course I don't need sub or dub, right? Right. But, like, for some certain animes, like Dragon Ball, I love the person who does Goku. Oh, oh, Sean Schimmel, yeah. Yeah, and I love, actually, like, Mexican Goku, too. (laughs) He sounds very good. Don't Mm. tell my husband, but he sounds good in Oh, he got got a little swagger. (laughs) I might need to check that out, too. I don't need to find that. (laughs) I was, oh, yeah, I watched, like, you know, Spanish Goku, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't know what they're saying. Like, Mm. it's like Telemundo. Now it's, like, feels like it's more dramatic <laughs> but like, then we go to japanese goku and so the voice actress who does goku has been doing goku since for, the, for since ever. he was the baby you right know? exactly and so it's a female I character understand. it's a female actor uh, right yeah and mm-hmm. i understand you know they wanted to keep her around but 
it's just weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's she sounds just def, def, like exactly the same. For, well, actually, does she really? She no, she changes her voice, yeah. but it just sounds. Like, you because know, you've been around them for so long, you've known, you recognize the voice for so long. <laughs> yeah, it just sounds like you know he was like eating something and it didn't pass through or in the or something. <laughs> and like you know, I'm just like, hmm. like it's just it's off. Like especially the fight scene, the screaming, the mm-hmm. you know the power up, like Rah! yeah, like you know things. It's weird. But that's the thing, and that's the thing where I think that's where the debate gets really deep because people have, you know, like I said, the anime uppity, and I will now stop saying that. <laughs> the am, the anime uppity community continues to believe that it sounds better. And, I, and my rebuttal to that is like, what are the chances that somebody from that island watches this show or any show that is in their dialect and say, this sucks? Like that can absolutely happen, and in fact, you were you, you're an attest, uh, you're a testament to that, if I'm correct. Because you said that a lot of the voices that you heard in Japan aren't the best, whereas somebody in in our country will be like, "I love this so much better than the dub." It is that's where the part. I'm like, based on what? <laughs> right, like quality and like all that, and like right. Yeah, for, like representing a character, like the voice really does matter. So mm-hmm. I think they kind of slipped up, like personally, for whoever was deciding the voice cast to reuse her, you mm-hmm. know, as an adult, because it just doesn't match. I mean, it worked out for Naruto, sure, mm-hmm. you know, using the same voice actress. And she's female as well. But no, just with the Wait, Goku the, thing. The, was, the, um, the actor for the Japanese uh, version is also female? I believe so. I mean, don't take my word actually, for it. Actually, you know what? I no, you're right. A long time. No, you're right. So. You're right because I actually saw um, I saw Molly actually do a video talking with the actor for um, for the Jap- for the original uh, series, and they were asking each other questions. I think this was at a con or something a while, like a long time ago. So no, you're right. It is female. But I thought you know, what was weird was that like they found Molly. To do that voice, and she almost sounds kind of like the, almost like the actor from Japan. Wow, just That's it's impressive. it's really weird that they managed to find her, and her she has this you know scratchy voice anyway. I hope she's not listening to this, <laughs> <laughs> but no, she knows. I'll buy her a beer. It's fine. <laughs> um, but it it's has that same that same level. um, And I just, you know, it's funny. I just watched the first episode of that show and realized the how young she sounds towards Shippuden right now. So, it yeah, it did kind of work for them in that nature. But, you know, again, it's it goes to show is like, you know, how much do people really know? And these are some of the questions I like to ask people on social media when they start doing this stupid like subs are better than dubs. And I'm like, I don't I, I don't mind any of them. It, to be honest, uh, I don't know enough to know whether it's uh, the subversion is good. I just know that that's they're saying a line, they're getting into the dramatic scenes of it, and it's it just works. But it, you know, I want to make sure that these the dub versions sound great to me because I was I watched anime in the '90s when I was in when I was in my teens, 
and they didn't sound that good. They just like the actors at the time were sound, sounded like. It, it, you could debate whether uh, subs were better than dubs back then because they didn't take it seriously and, um, back then. And I don't blame the actors per se, but you know this is why there's ADR script writing now, where they kind of you know make it to sound much better in quality than it did before, as well as make sure that they respect the cultural uh, continuity of it as well. So I, they worked a lot more harder than they ever did before. But in the 90s, oh, my goodness, if you look back at some of the anime, some of it was good and some of it was just like they just phoned it in and not taking the, the culture of it seriously. So if you were in the 90s, you could debate that. But if you're still hanging on to the 90s, then no, it's they've come a hell of a long way to doing what they're doing. And that's why these guys are like having lines upon lines, you know, uh, at con at comic, uh, conventions or anime conventions to see these people because of how well they did hell. So, right. But also another thing is like, well, the only thing I can nitpick about, which I think I mentioned before is like, Mm -hmm. basically like, you know, the dub actors, they deserve a lot of credit too, for what they do and they do fine. But I noticed like, especially lately with the newer gen animation or animes coming out, like mm-hmm. I notice they keep reusing certain actors because I have yeah. a good ear to <laughs> pick up and like I could remember like who's who. Like, no, you're absolutely Japanese right. And, you know, just watching like an animated movie or yeah. watching like Futurama, I was like, oh, wait, isn't this the guy that mm-hmm. does, you know, like Bar Simpson, whatever. But they just don't have enough people like – a variety or diversity of like you know people being casted so yeah it kind of gets very boring for me when i hear like the same person over and over again because right. i'm also thinking my head is still stuck in like somebody know, else yeah character there are some there are some actors who don't who are good at what they do for that moment but don't have the range to change their voice up uh to make it sound different like um one of the one of my good friends also in the voice of gohan he's been on my show like Three times, I, I believe probably maybe more or something like. That. But uh, Cal Cal Aber, who's the voice of uh, Gohan, but he's also the voice of um, Ryu from Street Fighter Five, and he plays Ox King on Dragon Ball as well. Like he he his range is so huge where like you don't recognize his voice half the time. Like he's a golden. He's like he has the golden voice. Um, wow. Fred Tattish, Fred Tattishore is another one. He plays not only on video games. He's been uh, if you played um, what is that uh, Overwatch, which he's Soldier ninety nine on there. But then he's also go he plays on uh, video games uh, Marvel versus Cap not Marvel versus Capcom, but Marvel uh, Ultimate Alliance three that just came out for the Nintendo Switch. He's Beast from X Men. He is Ghost Rider. And he is uh, the Incredible Hulk, and you will not tell the difference. And oh wow, these guys—that's yeah, impressive. Yeah, these guys are. I, I give. I told them both uh, when I hosted the panel back then uh, last year um, with him, with Fred, and I told him like, you know, this is the highest compliment I could ever give him is uh, Mel Blank. Mel Blank is the voice of Bugs Bunny. And Porky Pig and Daffy Duck and just countless other others who you wouldn't even recognize as all one person. And that he's kind of like the godfather of uh, voice acting uh, for America. And when I tell him, I'm like, you guys need the Mel Blankian award because when you do and of course, and no disrespect to any other, you know, American actors out there. But when you do a voice, I can't tell that you're the same person. 
and it, it it boggles me like there's a rarity when i can tell that you're the same person doing stuff but um that, yeah i agree with you on that that there needs to be a little bit of expansion of especially for people of color because i find that that is one of the things that is not seen I, we're starting to see a little bit i can name only a few people from my hand that is in that is doing anime dub right now um and that's sad and I want to see more because if I have to see one more person that is not of color do a person of color that is uh, on an anime or a video game, I'm going to get pissed. But now we're starting we're in a we're in a cultural change right now. So I'm hoping to see more of that, you know, go on, at least give opportunities to, you know, for that uh, to happen. But I agree they, there definitely needs to be uh, more because Funimation uh, where uh, what is it? The voice of. um. Uh, what is his name? The voice of uh, All Might, Chris uh, Sabat. Mm-hmm. He runs the studio that does all the anime for Funimation. So that's why you're hearing his voice, him playing All Might. But then he plays Piccolo as well. And then he plays a few other people. <laughs> and he's deals and deals. Interesting. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and um, there's a, a lot of them. Kyle is in that group, too. Um, there's a whole bunch of them. But the difference is Kyle, I say Kyle is the most is the most valuable of them because he can range his voice out. Not all of them can. You could tell, like you said, you could tell the voices from many of those shows because of that, you know? Right. So Exactly. Hmm. Let's go on to another subject here. And this one is very interesting due to a video game that I have reviewed this week on my video game podcast, um, which is called uh, Shinran K- uh, Kagura. And um, it's it's what they what I know as etchy. But you know it is uh, fan service, which in hindsight is pervy anime. Now, we in America are going through a lot of changes. But my question to you is, I mean, as far as what is tasteful or whatnot, and when it comes to etchy, they get a little bit tricky, like high school and D&D and, you know, anime like that. How popular is fan service uh, as a genre in 2020, especially in Japan? Oh, it's just getting even higher up there. <laughs> like, there's a lot of edgy fan service is just kind of like a given now in mm-hmm. anything. And especially for, like, shonen shoujo uh, mm-hmm. genres, which I should explain. Like, um, shonen is, like, it means, like, young boy. But, yeah. like, in the manga world, it's it means, like, a genre, like, geared towards young kids, yes. young boys, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, there's shoujo, which is usually it means, like, girls. So kind of any age group, really. It mm-hmm. could be like from little girls to people in their 30s for shoujo, because a lot of people in their 30s like shoujo. So right. in Japan, at least. Then we have like seinen, right? Which is like seinen, which is like um, young man kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Is that genre? So that's the teenager or like the like in Japan's terms of like what's censorship and legal terms work. It's the young adult men right. genre. So, and it's kind of weird how, like, in more the shoujo, the girl stuff, and then the shonen, the more kid stuff, it's, um, it's just, like, kind of getting added and added, and it's, it's almost rare not to see anything that doesn't have fan service. And by fan service, it's a ex- self explanatory word. It's like customer service. Well, there's fan service, right? Mm-hmm. But 
it's like any good anime you like, there's always guaranteed a bath scene that's unnecessary or something, (laughs) (laughs) no matter what. And so that's why sometimes like when I run into people who say, I don't like anime because of it's like pervy, like I know, and all that, then I usually gear them to seinen. I tell, I tell them, like, well, you know what, there's this genre, check out this anime. And then they're like, oh, it's like a, watching almost like a, a like a regular movie. Or right, like or more sophisticated, show. you know. Yeah, it's sophisticated. There's no weird faces, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Like, the, you know, the expressions that yeah. they make. <laughs> and, like, there's no, like, you know, just, there's no nonsense. Right. So there's, you know, stuff like that. But it's but that definitely is the beauty, getting that, popular. <laughs> that is the beauty. But that's the beauty of anime in general because people – the people outside looking in, you know, um, don't realize how many genres within this genre there is. There's so many subcultures and subgenres within this. I mean, like even for manga. I mean, I, mean, I remember uh, learning about the fact that – there's a distinct manga just for salarymen out there that to enjoy. There's one for kids. There's one for uh, wives and or mothers or, and stuff like that. There's like just so many different genres. But the more popular ones are that of the fan service and the shonens and and stuff like that. It's just like if you really dig in, you can find something that is really very sophisticated. Uh, and more immature. Like some, there's some anime that I used to compare to our primetime shows, like Grey's Anatomy and all this stuff. There are anime out there that that probably equals it, if not, is better. <laughs> With that dramatic sense, you know, if anybody's watched Neon um, Genesis Evangelion, my God, that to me, that to me, first of all, that anime was a lifesaver for me too. It really put a uh, really psychological perspective to my uh in my life with that one so uh, yeah i mean there's a lot to it but when it comes to that i was wondering because it's 2020 and the game that i just reviewed was from 2019 and i'm like surprised i'm really surprised people haven't found their way to be offended by this because <laughs> oh boy yeah i mean they did tone it down a lot though like because mm-hmm. now now that you know there's a lot of international marketing mm-hmm. we have I'm like saying we like we Japan like Japan like like it's your own football it, but, team like you represent a football you know, team <laughs> yeah like I'm the coach anyways <laughs> like well we gotta make money so yeah, what right? are we gonna do we're gonna tone it down but not too much mm-hmm. you know like so when you read the manga which is why I always tell people hey read the manga if you right. want more details because there's more details mm-hmm. not just like um like you know adult mature stuff like physical stuff but also like just smoking in general there's smoking in the manga for the kids to Mm -hmm. read but then when it's on tv nope no smoking or something they'll skip or like or they'll lessen the smoking scenes or something Mm -hmm. just so they could sell more internationally but in japan too but in japan too i mean you guys have also done some really cool stuff as well as like embracing um you know, equality towards certain genre, and I could be wrong, but I remember Sailor Moon is a great example of that because when uh, Saturn and Uranus were, uh, premiered, it was the first time that a lesbian couple was ever acknowledged on an animation, and that we knew about in America. But when it came to America, when they finally aired it in America, they took that damn episode out <laughs> of, of and called them cousins instead of uh, you know being a relationship, which I was pissed. I'm so pissed yeah, off. I was, I was pissed too. I'm like a little girl, and I'm like, I shipped them, you know. Like <laughs> a tiny little I was like, how? Maybe 
six or eight or something in right. Japan, and I'm like, they're so cute together. Why you do that? You know. But in, but now, but now, uh, you know, shout out to Hulu and Viz. They decided to like air it complete, uncensored, and yes, they do acknowledge um, Uranus and Saturn as a couple now. Which yeah, it's, it's it was crazy. I mean, like that was so groundbreaking. Also, I would give Matt Cross credit too because they had the first. It was the first time I've ever seen an interracial relationship with a um with their uh black female character drawn very well I might add to and she was dating a, a white guy and it was like whoa that's <laughs> never happened and by the way Matt Cross is another like soap opera it's just that I love it because it's a soap opera that kids didn't realize they were watching soap operas and we were the first ones like I hate soap operas no I'm gonna watch Robotech <laughs> no and behold that is a soap opera people <laughs> Rick Hunter was dating multiple people. That is definitely considered a soap opera. Hmm. <laughs> but I will give I, you know I'll give you another example of that too. Um, I was telling you about, and, and our listeners know that I reviewed uh, Kanikoman, which mm-hmm. is something that was I think before your time was it? Mm, I think yeah, it's before my time. <laughs> yeah, it's still it's still actually selling. It's publishing uh, manga to this day, still uh, hugely popular, but it hasn't hit America for a lot of reasons, and one of which is the original episodes were a bit a bit tight, offensive, <laughs> in a sense that they had a they had a character Brocken uh, Jr. who was a Nazi. Uh, he was the son of a Nazi general or whatever like that but he wasn't really feeling it but he was still representing it so the actual anime the first season of the anime had him rocking the swastika uh the entire time and it wasn't until later like the later seasons that they changed the whole entire thing of him wearing the swastika and in place had his uh, initials on there and then also had the uh, skull and crossbones on his hat um they also had an episode where they actually did blackface you remember because i said that to you i was like what the hell? yeah you showed me and then i was like oh man not this again that explain and save our asses <laughs> oops i that was okay to say but... no that was fine that's fine yeah no but i was like holy shit what is this i episode 48 yeah <laughs> blew me i was like okay i don't know what to do with this but i'm watching this entire like sequence here what am I to do with this? And I had to research hard and figure out where they were getting it from. And I do recognize the, the pop group Chanel's and all this stuff, but doesn't mean it was even right for them to do it back then either. But you did greatly explain to it in, 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 in the most humanistic way that it was the times. And and not, not to say that that's any excuse at all. I just want to point it yeah, out. But, yeah. but at a time when you're another country who only gets bits of information of what they believe is popular in another country, and trust me when I tell you, we did the same thing to you, uh, to your country in Japan, because mm-hmm. when we watch shows like the Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, and um, all the or any type of entertainment segments that would feature, you know, your country, and it was just their depiction, but it didn't tell the tell the totality, which still happens today, because we just talked about subs and dubs. You only get so much, and in the '80s, for those who don't know, for our listeners who don't know. In the 80s, there was no internet. (laughs) You got newspapers, you got TV, and you got five-minute news segments that only tells you certain things. Or you got certain people who traveled, you know, directors and producers who traveled to America or directors here who traveled to Japan and had this, you know, distinct, you know, uh, hot flash of what 
they depict was the Japanese culture. And there we go with certain, you know, movies and TV shows and stuff that depicted, you know, um, people in a certain way. I remember um, Bruce Lee went to the movies, and this is documented that his wife uh, talks about all the time. They went to the movies to go see a movie called Breakfast and Tiffany's. I don't know if you know what that movie is. Oh, I did see it a long time ago. <laughs> so you saw the scene with Mickey Rooney. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, like, if you guys know that, it's Ricky Moon, um, Mickey Rooney is a, a quote unquote time honored classic actor, but in this particular movie, he dressed up and portrayed an Asian character. And the most racist and stereotypical way you could possibly imagine <laughs> and this is the this is the deal this is it, it you know this is one of those things where it's like when you put information out like that you know it depicts people in a certain way kanikoman had the blackface situation and he also had another uh episode where they he traveled to africa to defend his title in that country but he they had two characters that were depicted in in, in the most stereotypical indigenous way but what I will say about that episode is that at least the main character, Kanikaman, actually embraced and lo- showed love to that country. So it led to me, given I, I, my critical thinking to assistance, like, okay, they had somewhat good intentions on that note, but they just went about it the wrong way. And that happens. So yeah. it, later on, you kind of learn. We all learn. We're all human. We all learn some things that we probably shouldn't have done, but we didn't realize and. You, there's a point in time where you have to forgive. I mean, there's there's some things that warrant to be upset about, but you know, at least to their credit, it, I didn't see it since after the 87 episodes I watched. It it was they managed to make a lot of changes, and you know, I dig. It. And then in Ultimate Muscle, which came out in 2002, you saw none of that. <laughs> so they right. learned their lesson on that note. So, but good to interesting to know that fan service is uh, not is here to stay. well we'll see i mean it's just it's just what it is it's there's sometimes gonna be in the mainstream stuff and sometimes not but Mm -hmm. you know it sells that's why they put it there it's it's sex i mean it is sex i mean like you know the thing is too i get scared after a while because i i'm a i'm a firm believer of embracing sexuality Mm -hmm. but there should be a limit but not too much that like it stunts people's creativity in a sense, but also I I understand too that you know this camp this shouldn't be rep, you know the total representation of anime because there are a lot of great anime out there. Um, uh, we were just talking about it yesterday too, which I gotta try to find. Um, this the uh, what is it the uh, God of uh, what was the anime that you talked about that's on Crunchyroll? Uh, oh, the God of High School. Yeah, you got that. But then there's also uh, Netflix is coming out with um, Japan is sinking. Which looks really, really good. Um, I'm very interested in that. I mean, so there's a different, a lot of different layers. But I was, I was inquiring about whether this is still actually a major thing in Japan right now. Cause the fact that it came out in 2019 as a video game, I was still surprised. And I love the game series cause, you know, it is a bit superficial, but there is some heart elements in there regardless. Ooh. So, I mean, like, as far as character development and stuff like, it's not, it's not just showing TNA the entire way, but they do show, they do have some form of layers in, in terms of character development in there. And then even the anime, which this, this game series is so popular, they did end up getting an anime. It explains a lot of the things that they do in the video game and make, and, and, um, 
make make it make sense to what you're seeing in uh in the anime so i, I dig what they did i dig what they did on that so let's talk about another subject that i wanted to talk about with you and i'm sure you're dying to talk about as well okay yeah what is your take on cos on the cosplay scene in america my take on the cosplay scene in america well I was like excited that America adopted the cosplay ways that, you know, we started in Japan. But mm-hmm. then I was very disappointed that to learn like, you know, the melting pot of diversity is not really embraced yeah. in the cosplay world, in the American cosplay world. And yeah, it kind of makes me sad to see like how people are nitpicking at others for like, you know, trying to be a character mm-hmm. that isn't the like first of all the race or like the the color of their skin and like it just doesn't it's like you have to be like picture perfect no you don't that's not what cosplay is about you know right so i have to say like just first impression very disappointed but i also see that um people are trying to like you know break out of that like chain of like stereotype and what is like the whole accuracy like bs you know like Because we see it all the time, and even in, like, my comic group I'm in, like, we had a member saying, like, she wants to try cosplay for the first time, but she's too scared because, oh. you know, she's she's black, and she's, like, my skin's kind of dark, and, like, what are there? She asked us, like, the group, like, are there any anime characters I could dress up as? And I, was, I, I responded right away. I'm like, this is mine. <laughs> and I'm like, girl listen like i hate the haters you do what you want like i'm japanese and if they tell you anything i'll go like beat them in my country with a katana you know i was pissed i was like who do you want to be that's what matters Mm -hmm. you know and you know that just frustrated me i can't believe like people are being scared into actually cosplaying it it does happen it it does happen It, it it's gotten to a point in this country that it it created a term that my community does and i'm as much as i respect the ideal of this this term and i did an episode on this i also consider it a slight bit dangerous because you know you've heard the term blurred which is black nerd and the problem with this is that when it comes down to it it, it it is slightly a form of segregation in a sense where it's like you're trying to separate yourself your fandom from other people's fandom who may like the same things but they're just a different color there is no difference between a blurred and a nerd other than they have different colors but other than that they love the same thing and the idea should be that we all should love and share the same things together that's why the acmg facebook group i for me is it means a lot to me because it's it's founded on the idea that we all enjoy everything no matter what you know representation orientation color whatever creed whatever if you like fist of the north star you like fist of the north star if you like you know comics you like comics and all the stuff it shouldn't be any different so in order for me to be down with a blurred community you have to tell me what exactly distincts us other than the fact of this color because right, I don't want to exactly. be separated. I want to acknowledge that I have a love for it and I should be respected that I have a love for it regardless of my color. Um, we have to come up with another way because to me it was a bit, it was, it was more of a trendy term and it's, it's as great as a trend as it is. 
we can't fall into the idea that we have to separate ourselves from other people because there's other there's really cool people out there that will embrace you. And we don't want to separate from those people. We just got to separate the bad from the good. That's plainly it. And anybody can be bad and good in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And like, really, it's not just only like about color. It's about like if people could like a lot of people get made fun of. And I feel like that's terrible, like Mm -hmm. whether it's their body shape and also gender. Yeah. You know, that's a big thing. Like when girls try a male character. Oh, gender bending. Yeah. Yeah. Gender bending, as you say. Yeah. And like. Yeah, it's just ridiculous and also like how people make fun of others for not having a good quality cosplay if mm-hmm. they don't have the money. Like, you know, it's just, it's just, yeah. But you know These what that actually. Haters are trolls and I don't yeah. listen to them. You but know? you know like, what that really stems from? But you gotta mm-hmm. understand what that really stems from though. That stems from, uh, we, we are, we, we are a hurt community. We are a hurt country in a hurt community and the whole haters and, and the trolls with the burner accounts and everything, which is why I prohibit any burner accounts to joining my group in particular, <laughs> is that you're hiding from something that is hurting inside and you're displacing that anger upon other people. It has nothing to do with them. You're trying to bring misery to other people because of something that you're lacking in your life. And what we what we need to do is try to find out what that is and help that person. But that if that person chooses not to be helped, there's nothing else to do but to, you know, avoid them, to not feed into them because right. it's so easy. And and part of it is that they want to be fed. I get, oh, yeah. I, since, the, since the rise of um, the Black Lives Matter movement and, mm-hmm. and I've and the stuff I've been into, um, to a lot of forums and posts and stuff on Instagram and social media where somebody will try to slip in a quote to try to trigger. And guess what? I don't even I don't even respond to it. And guess what happens? They get really pissed. If you oh, come at, yes. if you come at people in the way that they don't that you that they don't want you to come at or the opposite of the way that they want you to come you that's how you get them. You kill them with kindness. You, you, because uh, they're waiting for you to react in the worst way. And if you fall for it, you're gonna be draining your life for your, your entire life and the time that you, which is very important, the entire time worrying about other people. If you isolate those people, if you ignore those people, if you stop feeding negativity, you will starve them, and they will rather have to work with you. Yes. Or they'll walk away to try to find somebody else. And if the more people that do that, the better society and social media will be guaranteed. Like just embrace everybody, including the gender benders, because I've seen some I've seen some really, really cool um, concepts from people who gender bend. Uh, like I've seen guys who dress up like Sailor Moon or have some different like concept. I've seen some really, really awesome uh, cosplay concepts, especially if you go to San Diego Comic Con, woo, those are the heavyweights <laughs> there, and it didn't matter. Yeah. It, I mean, cosplay is an art, and when it comes to art, there there's multiple colors in art. There's multiple hues. There it shouldn't really matter what the hell somebody thinks, and it, and then there's always the vocal minority, and that's what people need to understand too. When it's it, you sh- you should notice this because you're an admin in groups too. If you notice that people is negative, look at the quantity of people who are negative as opposed to the quantity of people who are always putting positivity to it. 
unless somebody is saying something like really derogatory or or uh, offensive, you don't see it. But if it's somebody, there's always going to be a lot of positives to a bunch of negatives. Now, um, we talked about RDC uh, World One off of the show. As much exposure as those guys get there's always a if you look at the youtube clips there's like millions of people viewing their clips but there's always like 700 or something that's like putting a thumbs down look <laughs> that's not that big of a deal that's <laughs> not yeah, that big exactly. of a deal when you really when you really put you know think about it so i mean if you put it into perspective you will learn how to avoid that and embrace everybody who is at least putting into effort because even even the most novice of cosplays is still hard to put together <laughs> yeah, and I mean, if you look into the, you know, critics who are saying these, like, bashful, like, bashing things, like, mm-hmm. they aren't even in a qualified position. Like, I no. found out a lot of the haters are actually not cosplayers themselves. No. have never cosplayed. No. Because the ones who actually cosplay are the one complimenting them because they know the effort put into, like, getting stuff together. So that's why you shouldn't take what they say so seriously if they're saying these like ridiculous rude things like oh you're not the right color or you're not the mm-hmm. right like weight or something or the right gender these are people who don't even have that position or i don't know they're just it's behind always their keyboard it, typing ex- and high and, and then hiding behind which is another reason why i have a hard time adding people to my group because it's usually people that have like these burner accounts that have that doesn't have any showing of their actual face or them interacting with people is giving them the opportunity to say whatever they want without any consequences that's it and if we we have to start banning more people like this because mm-hmm. well, are- I just think the consequences for them. So I'm just saying this just out of my head. Like mm-hmm. when I see stuff like that, a burner account, I feel like okay, well, if you have to be so open behind a curtain, then I guess in real life, like you must be a really sad person. Like yes. I don't even hate these guys. No. I just pity them. No, yeah, I, just like, you're absolutely right. Sad thing. So you are absolutely right on that. So my last bit, of, uh, my last uh, discussion here. Is talking about American animation versus anime. What are your thoughts on how some people consider some animated shows in our country here in America as anime? Okay, like let's give out some examples (laughs) I could think of. There's like no like easy, like, you know, like easy way to explain it because it's just all about language situation but mm-hmm. most of all like the source of the material so avatar the last airbender is like called an anime a lot and i want to tell people like it's actually american anime so yes it is like japanese style anime totally mm-hmm. and that it's um it's still like made in America from America, right? I rather so that's I, I like to consider it anime influenced at best. I mean, anime influence to me, and it, it actually that term is actually becoming more broad, and it had to because when Netflix was coming out with a bunch of shows, they were putting in the word original anime series when it blatantly was not anime style or even done in Japan to some extent. So the term I believe that they're using as a subject or genre is anime influence. And I like that term better because you cannot just give any thing that is a high quality form of character design and animation. The term animates me. And you would probably be the one to say, have better say so than this, but I always grew up 
with the term, which I started hearing the term in the uh, 90s after the debate of it being called Japanimation or anime. Um, when they threw away the Japanimation uh, term, the anime became a thing in America. And I always thought it as the art form for uh, coming from Japan. The style that they do, the the way that they do certain aspects of uh, the art style, the animation uh, frames, um, the attention to detail, all of that. Like it wasn't until like near the early 2000s is when we started catching up with that, especially with Warner Brothers and what they were doing. But they a lot of that influence was from uh, from Japan. And I'd like to give the respect <laughs> that is deserved to the uh, country who created this and. And, and here's my other th- here's my other issue too. Our country is known for taking credit that doesn't deserve for them. Um, it is documented that Elvis Presley is not the king of rock and roll, and in fact, he stole the idea of rock and roll from that of us in my community and in our culture. Um, many uh, black musicians prior to Elvis was doing what he was doing he was able to bring it into the limelight this is the part of systemic racism that is crazy um because of his color and culture he was able to have much more publicity and marketing to make it a a household name they have done the same thing to r&b groups which is now called boy bands um you know and and so forth and so on like it's it's a constant thing that always happens whenever something happens in our in our community that we create it gets adopted into the uh caucasian or white culture and then they take it under look i, I don't even want to get into the friends and uh, living single debate but that's a whole other thing <laughs> but it just happens so i i really hate when people try to consider Anything like the boondock, as much as we love the boondock, even Aaron McGrudder, who is the creator of the boondocks, will not say that that is anime. He will absolutely tell you that is based or influenced by anime. Yeah, it's what it is. (laughs) It is what it is. (laughs) Yeah, like I bring that up because I have a lot of um, I've heard a lot of um, questions thrown to me like, well, what about Japan when they release like a Western looking anime? Then I tell them. Then it's an anime with the Western. <laughs> like, do you get it? And then they're like, wait, so, but then this is, but then Avatar's anime because it's, and I'm like, no, Avatar's like Japanese influenced. Yes. A cartoon. Just leave, like, just let it go. Just leave it alone. Like, like, I'm just like, yeah, we, we, you know what? Like I told you, we should have adopted <laughs> the freaking term cartoon. We, and then life would have been so easier like but you know what in the 80s look in in the 80s i was watching star blazers and voltron and um and 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 uh tetsuya adam you know astro boy for those who don't know um and 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 just speed racer at the time in the 80s we called them cartoons it wasn't until i'm not joking it wasn't until 1989 when all the tape trading of 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 anime was being tra- uh, mailed from uh, Japan onto America, and we just started discovering all this beautiful art form, this beautiful art form that uh, animated art form that came from your country, and we started jumping on it. You know, it, I, I hate when people try to take that because to me it's, it's it's unfair. It it and and it and it it creates a blur of what truly is. And what is not, and I, I, I will always fight that. I will always fight that until otherwise. 
Hmm. I mean, technically, we kind of stole the idea first. <laughs> no, I don't know, because uh, I, I think I told you 1907, like, you know, the American film was introduced, and I yeah. found out it was an American cartoon. Mm-hmm. I forgot the name of it, but that's where we coined the term animation mm-hmm. instead of calling it a cartoon movie or, you know, whatever right. it would have been. Right. And so animation, animation turned into anime. Abbreviated, right? And uh, then it just a eventually term. we're like, you know, we're gonna keep using this word and make our own thing. And then like, <laughs> yeah, and then that's when America's like, we're gonna copy that style. And then we're like, oh no, Marvel and DC movies came out. We got to do something now. <laughs> you know? it, 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 it boggles me because like we're the only country that tries to do that. And like in, in China or Hong Kong or um, where is this? I believe it's Hong Kong or uh, somewhere in Hong Kong or China. They have their own form of animation, but it's not anime. It's their version, which is another spectacular art form of it. And you can, you can possibly say that it was influenced by Japan as well. But because I remember watching um, the Storm Riders uh, animation from there. And it's you could tell the difference between anime and their style as well. But you just can't loosely just because you're too lazy to want to, you know, call it for what it is or try to claim it as its own no it's its own distinct art form and deservingly so you know we i love avatar as much as the rest i love voltron as much as the rest but that's ours (laughs) that (laughs) is distinctly ours i actually want to talk about um the god of high school so i did Mm -hmm. some research yesterday like for an hour just reading from googling english and then i switched to googling in japanese like just Mm -hmm. researching researching about so like <laughs> what is god of high school because this is the messed up thing even like my husband who's watching with me he was like why is this subbed in japanese like it should just be korean dub only because mm. it came from korea it oh, came from wow. the line webtoons or something like um so it's actually a korean i want to make it clear to everyone now <laughs> that's a korean anime <laughs> Like, Japan doesn't own it, even though it's from Crunchyrolls. It's, like, uh, producing it. And they're saying it's their, like, their original. They're, ex- they're original exclusive. Yeah, like, it doesn't... I can't count it as, like, America... It's an America's anime. I can't count it as it's Japanese anime. But basically, like, I feel like whoever, the creator for um, God of High School got, got kind of, like, a little screwed over. Maybe they didn't have a production company in Korea, but... Mm-hmm. It's like it kind of sucks to see how it's so like Japanese styled, and I know the manhwa, you know, the Korean comic is like that style, but mm-hmm. like they just throw in like the best like Japanese actors, and they're like hyping it up in Japan, like it's theirs. Do you get what I mean? Oh, and our Japanese news. <laughs> well, in America, you know, they're like, oh yeah, we got this going on in Crunchyroll, whatever. But what if we Japan, become as a world? Really hyped. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just like. It's only like one site I found in a Japanese site that said a Japanese styled anime called God of High School. Mm. Everything else was like this anime, like we, it's ours already. Right, right. And I just wanted like that. I don't know. I felt like there was no credit given to Korea and the respectable like creator who's Korean, you know, and who worked on this mm-hmm. for years, like on a free webtoon thing. Well, this is the beauty of the Internet, as opposed to, like I said, like we were talking about, like back in the 80s, like we can research this now and we know the real 
mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot more than we ever did before, but still not enough to claim that we know what the hell is a good sub or what's a good or what is considered anime. So we got a long way to go on that note. Yeah, no, but I'm gonna bet you now, like you're gonna see people come and be like, oh man, God of High oh, you know. is the best Japanese anime or something. You know it's gonna come. You know it's gonna come. But I do mm-hmm. honestly, I do want to check it out because I did see the commercial just recently, and then you told me about. It. I'm like, yeah, I literally just saw the commercial about it on a on cable with a Crunchyroll commercial. I'm like, oh, they trying to get me. <laughs> <laughs> this looks awesome. And I love one of my my favorite um, style of anime is the ones where they always uh, there's fighting involved. So <laughs> like the Romna one halves, the, you know, the, the fight is amazing. They're doing all kinds of styles, which is, you know, something I've always wanted to see because most animes, you know, like with wrestling and boxing, it's always like one subject of like martial arts being focused mm-hmm. but for and, once it's nice to have everything jumbled together you know so. and then you have baki which is like the most insanely fictional style of yeah. uh, fighting <laughs> like they could pluck they could pluck their fingers and like the whole wall comes down <laughs> isn't there a guy in baki that can kill with like poisoning the air with dioxide yeah. or something yeah there's dioxide? actually there's two there's two uh fighters in Baki, that did because it, it made Baki like uh, they poisoned Baki in the uh, last season, and then this, this new season that just came, he was completely like malnour- uh, malnourished, <laughs> and yet he still some way found a way to beat this guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> gotta love Baki. <laughs> yeah, Baki's like just hilarious, but <laughs> and it's just another thing too. People don't understand Baki has been around for a long time, and it's not an original Netflix series that. They they don't only, they only show the recent episodes. They don't even show when he was a kid training to get where he is now. And then his father did uh, Ujiro just did the worst <laughs> to this point. Like he is the he is the most evil guy I've ever seen. One of the most evil uh, oh, people definitely. in anime. Like if people think Batman's a bad dad, like you know they should look at this. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ujiro's bad. I would also say um, uh, Shinra. Uh, what is it? Uh, who is the kid from uh, Neon Genesis? Ikari's son. Uh, uh, Gendo Ikari. Uh, man, have you watched uh, Neon Genesis Evangelion? Not since high school. Not since that's, high school? And that's a long time ago, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, they, here's the thing. Um, Netflix recently finally got the rights to play it, but they changed enough to piss people off. They, of course. Yeah. Uh, well, one thing, the original dub actors are no longer there. They changed the dub actors, which I really loved. They were so mm-hmm. good uh, because it was another studio. The biggest one was at the end of the uh, series where they played uh, Frank Sinatra's Fly Me to the Moon, and they had mm-hmm. the beautiful rendition of it gone because they don't have the rights to uh, play that song. Oh, it was wow. the oh, it was so awesome, and then as they replaced it with this generic tune that doesn't come off right, and I'm, I've been protesting not watching this since. I should, uh, really, I should really watch because it, it was it was animated, it was near and dear to my heart, and I think during one of my dark times when I was a kid, it mm-hmm. really brought some light into my world, especially at the the last episode, and it put a perspective in my life and how I should t- how I approach life in general. So it was that was a lifesaver to me at the time. And I was really upset uh, when they did all the changes. I, I think I'm a, I think I'm going to just stomach through it and watch it. But it's an awesome anime for anybody who never who who think that anime is all fan service. No, 
<laughs> Watch that. I, I guarantee it. So in essence of this, first of all, thank yes. you so much for coming on to the show. You have been awesome. Oh. Thank you for having me. I definitely, <laughs> I'm very delighted. Definitely, definitely want to have you back on the show uh, more, uh, more often than so if possible um, to educate us more and keep educating us on this show because having you on definitely brings a bigger perspective on what we should understand about the culture and everything about it. So and I guess in essence, um, last question, your definition of what anime actually is from a cultural standpoint and from just a definition standpoint. It's both, actually. It's mm-hmm. just both. It can't be one without the other. Right. So, I mean, in, in essence, it's just, be, I mean, is it more of the art style? Is it the continuity, though? I mean, would it, like, how would it, how would you, because if you have somebody that's claiming that something is anime that is not, what would you distinct, what would you make it distinct from? The source. Like, so God of High School, that's why that was, like, the most ridiculous amount of time i spent research on about <laughs> one anime about because i was confuzzled like mm-hmm. just confused and i researched okay crunchyroll's an american company but then it has a japanese director with japanese voice actors mm-hmm. and yes it has its korean voice actors too but right. um in the end like it turned out just to be like from a korean source so mm-hmm. that's why like i'm saying that's how i would distinguish what genre of anime it is if it's american japanese or korean style so ultimately it has to be the source not like art style doesn't matter because oh right another thing i should give an example of is like when disney came to japan we called that anime too really every so every time disney shows a movie we call it oh the disney ega like disney movie but then if someone's like what is it oh it's an anime (laughs) Hmm. It's an anime movie, like, we'll just say that. So that kind of, I hope that kind of, like, clarifies, like, what, how we use the term kind of so wrong. But, yeah, and then America has their own way of, like, trying to distinguish that term. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the style. I think it's just about the source of where, you know, it comes from, mm-hmm. of where it would be considered as, so... Interesting. Interesting. Cause that's probably gonna, that's probably gonna tell people, like, well, you can say anime, Avatar is anime then. I'm like, oh god. Yeah, and yes, they're not wrong technically, but you know, it's is it like American anime? Is it Japanese anime? That's mm-hmm. the only part where they need to, you know, where it's distinguished. You think people have the same debate over like Family Guy and The Simpsons on like in other countries? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, because we actually um we have a Cartoon Network showing in Japan. Oh really? You need to pay. Yeah, we you need to pay extra for that channel. Huh. But we call it American anime. Me too. Yeah, so that's just how it is. So that's what I mean by like, you know, yeah, you can call anything anime, but you just have to put like if it's American or whatever country mm-hmm. it's from to represent it. So, I mean, because in, 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 in terms, you're just pretty much saying that it's, you know, anime just means animation in a sense, but it's not based. You're not basing it on the, your style of animation as opposed to an American style of animation. Right, because like when America, I guess when they say anime, I guess you guys are more thinking it's a Japanese style thing. But then when we say anime, we're just saying cartoon. It's just like it's just like the term otaku. Well, it's just like the term otaku is a different meaning in Japan than it is in America. Right. (laughs) Because it's it's just an anime. It's an uberly uber anime fan here in America. But uh, for you, uh, for your country, it's like something totally different. 
Yeah, it's like God tier level of like worshiping. <laughs> no, it's like you got to get a certification for it. <laughs> right. Well, definitely. Thank you so much for being on this show, and yeah, you've been awesome. And thank you for educating all of us on what oh, we should need so to know. Much. And, and if ever the time, and hopefully we can come up with some ideas to come uh, to talk about more and what we should know about anime, and maybe certain terms or um, you know cultural things that people think that they know but don't know or need to know. Definitely, I'm calling you on. <laughs> yeah, and if your like followers like need have any questions they want to ask in Japan, which is pretty much my whole whole life when I spent in America, like is it true that they you know kids confess their love under a tree kind of questions? I'm here to answer. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so uh, you don't do you get that stereotype? No. Nope, not yet. You know what I'm talking? Oh my gosh, you've never seen animes where it's like you know kids fall in love and they're like uh, meet me at the tree. You know, they give them the. Life. I think Ram the One Half they did that a few times. They I know, did it like in every anime. So I get those questions a lot. Like, do you guys do that in real life? And I'm like, no. Like when, I, whenever I watched, whenever I used to watch Ram the One Half, like Shampoo would actually or um send a letter or Kendo would send a letter to uh, Akane or something like that to meet them. But it was usually a they usually thought it was a letter to battle them. And in fact, it was a letter. Yeah. It was a letter to tell them like I'm in love with you. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Like, I always get, like, this, like, stereotype kind of things from anime that doesn't work in real life. <laughs> Maybe that's something else that we should talk about. No, we do, because people ask me, like, so do you always, like, have bread out of their mouth when you're running to school, you know, so you're not late? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I ate, like, you know, rice with fish in the morning. I was a good girl who woke up early, too. So I think that will definitely be a definite another segment for another time week, because there's a lot on that there's a yeah there are some there are a lot of traits that we should need to cover that's hilarious thank you so much for coming on the show i should say and hey. uh we'll look forward to having you back again oh thank you so much it was my pleasure <laughs> bye <laughs> folks that will do it for this edition of talk timeline thank you so very much for being a part of the show for listening thank you to tokyo rose for coming on to enlighten us in the world of anime in a way that we may not have known about so you know hopefully we could get her back on to talk about other things going on in that world as well and you know just get an understanding of japan and get an understanding of how they really do things over there and the way that they think it's it's really good that we learn from each other um and i'm really happy to have her to you know talk about that as well i do want to take time to talk about some news that just occurred today um unrelated to the world that we live in but in some cases yes it does um because I wouldn't be here if not for the fight of this man and many others like him. We lost a great leader today in Representative John Lewis, a man that has fought for civil rights for my community and many, many more for years. And he is a true superhero. Let me tell you, uh, has taken many sacrifices, many injuries, just fighting for our right to be. I would not be here talking and sitting, doing what I love, if not for him. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you to him and thank you for what he has contributed to our country and what he's done for our, the black community here. And I, I couldn't I, I can't be more grateful for his journey. And uh, he passed away at the age of 80. My only wish is that he would have left us during better times. And 
what he's done for us over the decades, and I mean decades, Selma and all that stuff, decades. Uh, it's gonna be hard to it's gonna be hard to replace. It's gonna be hard to fill his shoes, but we're gonna do it, and we're gonna do it for him and for us as well. Not just our community, but those who advocate to our community as well. We all need to do this together. We all need to fight for our rights, our equality, our value, and our justice for those in our community and for those who we have lost like Breonna Taylor. We can never forget that. And we're still fighting for it. Change.org right now is actually signing a petition for the justice of Breonna Taylor. It is almost reaching 10 million. I implore you to sign that petition. I implore you to understand, especially if you have a daughter, if you have a son, if you have a kid that you want to inspire to be something special in hopes that they can live in a world where they will not be brutally murdered like this, like what happened to her and it to be washed, you know, washed away like nothing. This is a real war. This is our end game, people. We're fighting Thanos in some form or fashion for real. So um, if you want to tie it into that, you know, thank you again. Rest in power, uh, Representative Lewis and everybody. Thank you for whoever, everybody who's been fighting and putting themselves on the line in the forefront out there. You know, Portia Williams, I want to give a shout out to her as well um, in Dish Nation. You know, she went in the front of the man's lawn to fight for the right of Breonna Taylor. And, you know, God bless her. Thank you. Thank you to everybody. Let's keep doing this together till we all equally have a way, a better life to live equally. So, folks that will do it for this edition uh this week on select start i will keep it going I've, i don't know what game i'll review i don't know what i will be talking about but that show will go on um fairy tale is coming down uh fairy tale the game based on the anime series is coming uh at the end of the month in about two weeks so i will be reviewing that uh probably in august and there there's some other things i may check out as well so stay tuned for that but next week as I was saying, I believe Transformers War on Cybertron is coming out. So that may be the actual uh, series that I will review next week. I'm hoping it is because I'm excited about this this uh, series coming out. So uh, we will definitely, but we'll always have something to talk about here uh, in the world of our favorite fandom. So definitely stay tuned for that. Um, go out of your way to talk about, uh, go out of your way to check out our show on Talk Time Live. This episode and every episode, as well as the exclusives. I have, met, I have a web page on that site exclusively for our interviews or you could go directly to that site on talktimelive.com forward slash exclusives and you will see all the lineup of many many interviews that i have had the honor and pleasure of doing over the years from there and some really enjoyable ones as well some you can actually learn from so go out of your way to check that out as well and get ready because there may be some more guests coming uh very soon so stay tuned for all that as well you can also subscribe on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, what else? It's just so many places. Podbean, uh, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and, uh, and all Amazon devices. We're all there. You can check them all out there. And uh, please keep us going. 
I love this show. I love what I do. I love the world of anime, comics, movies, and games. And I love you to listen with us and follow this journey that I go through every way in my and, and keep my journal going. So thank you. Thank you all so very much. Uh, that will do it. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care. And everybody, please be safe. And remember, her name was Brianna Taylor. Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.